are you gearing up for another edition of the Fritzcast? Because that's that's what's happening. That's what you're tuning into. It's too late. You're stuck. You have to sit here for the rest of the duration of this program. It's another Monday, and we have the Libertarian Debate Part 2, John Stossel, to uh, sink our fangs into. We have lots of audio clips. We're going to talk a lot about... We also have Penn Gillette on libertarianism and why you should consider it. I think it might even be time for me to talk about North Carolina and that con... <laughs> Tighten your seatbelt. This is Fritzcast. So, can you believe that it is, uh, it's like mid-April almost, and we had snow on Sunday, last Sunday. Can you believe, or yet last Sunday, really? Yesterday. Yesterday's when we had snow. Excuse me, can you hear it in my voice? I have like this, I have this nasty sore throat thing going on. Oh, I'm pretty sure my wife got me sick. Thanks, babe. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She, pre- well, she did get me sick, but that's beside the point. Uh, so, if I sound a little under the weather, I'm gonna try, you know, it's still, there's still a lot of, uh, zany humor going on here, you know, uh, you know, somebody, somebody suggested I should do the entire show, um, in my terrible, um, Stewie Griffin voice. Uh, I'm not gonna do that, though. No, not to you guys, I'm not gonna do that. And I just went back and played it, and it sounds terrible anyway, so. Yeah. So, forgive me if my voice cracks, or if I'm just, you know... Maybe I'm just a little too low-key frequency for you. Maybe the bass in your speakers is, is overpowering, and the people walking down the street are looking at you like, what the hell are you listening to? And you should probably roll your window down and say, I'm listening to Fritzcast! You should too! Sure, it'll inspire a lot of awkward, standoffish looks between you and, and the person on the street. But don't you just admire my dedication, like sick, yet still recording his podcast. This guy's dedicated. This guy's going places. And I'm talking about myself. How about that? So other than the sickness, other other than being down with the sickness and not in the way that Disturbed wanted us to be down with the sickness. Other than that, uh, I've had a pretty good week, pretty solid week, I would say. My wife uh, ordered me the boom stand that I've been needing. That's coming in this week. So I can't wait to get that. Is that nerdy? Can't wait to get that. Hook up my mic. Be able to position my microphone and, and my office space. You know, be it, It'll be cool. It'll be cool. I'll get pictures and stuff like that. People have already liked my pictures on uh, Instagram and on Twitter of my current amateurish setup here. I don't really, you know, I don't care that's an amateur setup. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I am an amateur right now. I don't have a studio, but I have a studio. So that'll be coming in the mail. I, uh, I got, I got NFL Blitz last week. Played it a little bit. Just as fun and ridiculous and stupid as I remember it. So there's that. I got Quantum Break. That was, uh, it'll be fun to dive into that later today. Uh, after I go outside and. Do some yard work. Here, I know. You're, you're sitting right there. 
You're sick and you're going out and doing yard work, you dummy. Yeah, well, get over it. But uh, something else that I've gotten into is comic books. I never thought I'd be into comic books. Didn't grow up on them. Wasn't really interested. Wife bought me two Chewbacca comics. Uh, Star Wars Chewbacca. Marvel makes a line of... Marvel makes actually a lot of new Star Wars comic books now. And my wife bought me the uh, Chewbacca series for Christmas because everybody calls me Chewbacca because of how very hairy I am. And it's such a... It's it's one of those jokes that just never gets old, fellas, ladies. Never gets old. So I have those comic books, and we have this, this shop nearby called Second and Charles. It's a used bookshop. They sell used CDs, they sell vinyl records, they sell brand new stuff too. But uh, their focus is that, they have some old video games too, that you can buy, used, and new. And we're on some subscription list there, and we, we highlighted all the comics that we're interested in, so now when they get these comics in, they just put them behind the front you know, table, and they email you, and they say, hey, we got these comic books in, in case you want to come in and look at them. And you can go in, and then you can decide if you want to pay the, you know, three or four dollars that comic books are, and, you know, walk out with some comic books. They have used ones there, too. And so, because of this, I'm into the Chewbacca comic series. I just bought Star Wars Poe Dameron. He's the X-Wing pilot from The Force Awakens. And I really like that comic. I, I read through the first comic. The next one comes out May 4th, I think. May the 4th be with you. Coincidence? Eh, probably. So I'm getting into comic books. And here I am, like, it's like every passing year that I become more of an adult, I do something more kid-like. Like getting into comic books. I'll probably dive into, like, that kind of a subject more heavily later. But speaking on Star Wars specifically... That little bit is from Rogue One. I know it was nothing but music, but go out and watch the Star Wars Rogue One, or rather, I should say, I should say it as it is. It's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Rogue One is the first standalone, outside of the episodic Star Wars films that Disney is doing. Rogue One is pretty much pictured like a, a, a black ops uh, all militaristic movie of Star Wars. That's what Rogue One's going to be. For those of you nerdier types who can fit it in the timeline, I'll I'll explain for you, for those of you who are less nerdy types. Nerdier types should already know what this film is. For those of you who aren't up to snuff, you have uh, episodes. Star Wars was filmed very weirdly. There was episodes four, five, and six. That's a New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. That uh, that was the order they were shot in. So that's Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, that business. Episodes 1, 2, and 3, uh, The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. That's about how Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Star Wars Episode 7, which just came out, is about the continuation after Episode 6. New characters. Uh, Luke Skywalker is the master lone Jedi that exists. 
We have a new bad guy in Kylo Ren. We have the First Order, which is which makes the Empire looks like a bunch of sissies. And that continues the, a new trilogy, so there's going to be an Episode 8 and an Episode 9. Rogue One takes place after Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, but before Episode 4, A New Hope. It's about the team assembled by the Resistance to find the Death Star plans uh, that they use in Episode 4 to destroy the Death Star. So it's about this group going undercover, going rogue. wonder if that's why they call it Rogue One. Huh. I don't know. Anyway, they go rogue. And it's all about how they go rogue and steal the plans. And it's heavily speculated that Darth Vader will be in this film and that he will look probably as bad... And when I say that, I mean as as a good thing. He'll probably look as the best bad guy ever. And not near... Like, other films, I'd say Episode 3 is probably when Anakin slash Darth Vader was the darkest of characters because he was running around killing Jedi, killing younglings and all that crap. I think this is going to put that all to shame. So look up that trailer if you want. Let's dive into this part two of Libertarian uh, Debate by John Stossel. If you didn't watch part one or part two, I'm posting a link that has both of them combined. So it's about an hour and maybe 20, 40 minutes, 20 20 to 40 minutes. Uh, I implore you to watch it all. It's, it'll give you different ideas. It gives you a good sense of the Libertarian Party and platform, though. Uh, you have Gary Johnson, uh, Gary Johnson, Austin Peterson, and John McAfee of, as you remember, McAfee Security Suite, probably on your work computer if you're listening to this at work right now. So John Stossel, Fox Business, giving him the first really national, nationally televised Libertarian debate. I've said before, you can watch him on YouTube. Austin Peterson, if you follow him on Facebook, he live streams all the debates that they do on the side. I'm slowly catching up on those. I'm a little bit behind. But they're there to watch if you want to watch them. I, I, I support that. I support these different ideas. I always, you know, I always root for the little guy anyway. I'm an Eagles fan, so I'm used to... I'm a Philadelphia fan in general, so I'm used to losing. I mean... Sure, Villanova just pulled off like an epic NCAA uh, March Madness win for the championship, and I mean literally. Like I didn't, even, I didn't get to watch that game, but I watched just that highlight at the end, and I was like, "Holy crap! I wish I did." And I don't even like basketball like that. But I always root for the little guy. I feel like the Libertarian Party is the party that uh, is actually fighting for the little man. People might say, well, that's a joke because politics don't... But these guys aren't your typical politicians. They're not They're not in power. They don't have a large, huge party that has lots and lots of money. They don't. That's not the case here. So I do feel like these guys are fighting for me. I feel like these guys care. I've actually had exchanges with Austin Peterson on social media, and not some correspondent of his, but Austin Peterson himself. Which gives him brownie points in my book because I've yet to speak to Gary Johnson. That you know, will that change? I you know, it, I don't expect to hear directly and personally from a presidential candidate. But Austin Peterson is that little guy that will reach out and talk to you, and I think he's very smart. I think he has a very different idea and a very different approach to politics. And it's kind of cool that I could say I've had exchanges with him, even if it's just you know in Twitter messaging or on Facebook. 
And even if it's short little things, I've interacted with the guy. And that's kind of cool. So in part two of the of this debate, they talked about immigration. They talked about job creation. Talked about uh, the Fourth Amendment, you know. Talked a lot, some, even some of the more ridiculous aspects. Uh, John Stossel even came out directly and asked uh, about banning Muslims, you know, because Trump's been on that ever since, uh, ever since Paris months ago. How will free trade help the working class by way of employment, not just lower the price of goods? Mr. Well, free, free trade. Uh, who benefits from free trade but you and I as consumers? If China wants to subsidize the goods and services that they send to the United States, who benefits? Uh, we do. And ultimately, China pays the price. This is Gary Johnson on free trade opening up markets. Here's John McAfee's uh, response to that question. If we have a, a problem with jobs and they're not enough, it has nothing to do with free trade. It has to do with the fact that our government has placed so many barriers to entry for entrepreneurs and new businesses. I mean, if the government would get out of our way, we'd, we would have more than enough jobs for people. This is the fundamental issue. But some people lose jobs when China subsidizes steel. Some steel workers lose jobs. But well, consumers benefit from, the, from lower prices. See, nobody's talking about the third party in this equation, which nobody's speaking up for, and that's the consumer. consumer. Right. When you're allowed to purchase things from overseas, you can buy things at a lower price. That lifts people out of poverty. The purchasing power. So if the Federal Reserve would stop destroying our dollars, we could buy even more. And honestly, I have to, I kind of like all three of their answers here. You got, you got Johnson saying that uh, it's all part of a free market system. You have uh, McAfee saying there's too many barriers. Nobody wants to become an entrepreneur. Nobody wants to really start small businesses. Those who are really dedicated do. They do, but I believe the statistic right now is over 50% of small businesses end up failing because people don't have the knowledge. There's so many barriers. There's so many hurdles to get over. You know, some of it is poor market research and, and not doing all your homework, and, and some of it is just not being able to meet ridiculous requirements. Now, another question that was asked during the second round of debating uh, was from John Stossel himself uh, over Donald Trump. Listen to this clip. Any ban on Muslims coming in? You can't enforce something like that. The First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution says that the government should stay out of religion, that government cannot set those kinds of standards or quotas. What are you going to do? Are you going to ask them what, they, what their religion is when they come here? That's un-American. We've got to have a simpler path to naturalization for these people because they are coming here because they want to work. When immigrants come to the United States, they don't just take jobs. They give labor. They create wealth. That's how the free market economy works, and we should encourage that. Besides, if they wanted free welfare, they would go to Europe. It's the United States. <laughs> Here in the United States is the land of opportunity. It still is. So right, we should well, welcome the people who want to come here. And honestly, it was it was Austin Peterson that made me step back and rethink a little bit. I never I never once suggested a, a, a ban of all Muslims or anything. I did think that an immigration controlling or maybe a, a temporary bar from certain hot spots over in the Middle East was a good idea. I might still need some convincing to think otherwise, but on every other point, Austin Peterson's absolutely right. Immigration should be an easy thing to do to come to America. And when I say that, people need to step back and realize 
I'm saying that from a libertarian angle and aspect. That's not get them over here, put them in a government program that helps take care of their costs or anything like that. I'm saying to immigrate over here, to become a citizen, to get work, to contribute to the society, I believe that that should be easier. We are a nation of immigrants. Uh, we are a melting pot. We're not. There's not really an American standard. There never really has been an American standard uh, to fit the bill of something. We are, we, you know, I echo the sentiments that, that President Obama said once upon a time. We're, we're a nation of Jews and Muslims, of Christians and atheists, and, you know, we're black, we're white, we're Asian, we're uh, Latino, we're, we're everything. There's Germans here, there's Irish here. We all take pride in our own heritages. Think about some of the most celebrated things that, that go on here in America that your friends participate in. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is an Irish celebration. Uh, you have Oktoberfest, which is specifically German. You have like the Italian festival. We, we're, we are a nation of diversity. Yes, we are American, and we yes, we're America. We love America. And if you're just like Sarah Palin, you're a proud clinger to your gun and your God. But that's you know we'll, we'll no, we will not quote Sarah Palin on this program. I won't do it. I do not approve anymore. Never really did. Now, remember the whole Apple versus FBI thing, Fourth Amendment? Listen to this clip. Forum. Recently, the government managed to break into the iPhone used by the San Bernardino terrorist. Apple had refused to help the government, and most libertarians supported Apple. So, Fox News host Eric Bowling asks this. If an iPhone contained the exact time and date of an imminent terror attack in America, should Apple break the encryption to find out where and when that will be? Mr. McAfee, as a computer expert, I go to you first. I think it's an absurd concept to think that a single telephone can predict a terrorist attack. It doesn't work that way. Um, and this well, is something. What, what this if is they some... had intelligence that Pardon? on this phone is the plan? They might have intelligence that said that. That's never happened, sir. I mean, I, this is my this is my business. We're in something I know something about. I can promise you that has never happened. Uh, I, I, I debated on CNN the FBI mouthpiece who came on and said this is an issue of privacy versus security. I go, well, maybe for you, but far more important, it's an issue of more insecurity to the American public by giving a master key to telephones. So, so you have to believe me, there is not a situation. Do you actually think that terrorists are going to put their plan on an iPhone? When they throw their phones away every day? No, they're smarter than this, sir. The world doesn't work that way. I wish it did. That's yet another angle that never gets brought up in this debate. It's, it's really odd when the government's trying to push for things like a key to open up a phone, and they talk about it wide scale, but they don't mention the fact that it'd be pretty freaking dumb if terrorists just had plans laying on a phone. If they didn't double, triple encrypt their information or delete it or not share it over a network that can be tapped into. Let's not play stupid anymore. I hate those arguments. Anytime these arguments pop up, it's always something stupid. Like that question. That The question there was, well, why can't we have this kind of technology? Why can't we use it to get the plans if the plans are on the cell phone? And McAfee brilliantly sweeps in. Sorry, that doesn't happen. They don't. The, the plans aren't just sitting on a cell phone for everybody to read. They're, they're a little bit smarter than that. You have to give... You have to you have to play this very differently from, 
Well, those guys are probably just stupid and probably just have it on a cell phone. We're not talking about dumb criminals, you know? We're not talking about what you read in Reader's Digest about how somebody tried to steal an ATM, wrapped the rope around the, the, the end of their truck, and it pulled the bumper off and left the license plate, and they figured out who it was. We're not talking about dumb criminals here. We're talking about a master network that knows what they're doing. So the debate over trying to get you know get information it's not just sitting there waiting to be tapped into and these are just these are excellent points that i think don't get really don't really get brought up in debates i don't think you hear it not from the republican nor, nor the democrat side but the libertarians they'll push that all day so that's just some highlight clips from part 2 of the libertarian debate click the link watch part 1 and 2 if you haven't or just watch it again you know get more of this out there get more of this in your head and share the crap out of it and if your friends ask you, well, why should I consider libertarians, let me give you Penn Gillette real quick. Hey, Penn Gillette here. Being a libertarian means being skeptical of power. Skeptical there's one way to do things. Is there going to be one way of living that's going to make uh, you, Justin Bieber, Pat Robertson, Marilyn Manson, Hillary Clinton, me and your Aunt Olga all equally happy? It all comes down to this. Maybe... I know the best way to live my life, but wow, I sure don't know the best way to live yours. So why not err on the side of more freedom, uh, respect for what makes us different? If you think a little bit like I do and want to learn more, go to libertarianism.org. We've got podcasts and videos, original source material and essays all about the idea of using a little more liberty. Libertarianism.org. Be just like me. And be just like me. Be a little more freedom. Okay? You want to talk about America and freedom? I'm about the most freedomist freedom person that I could ever freedom. So libertarian.org, learn all about us. And not just us, but us. People. Learn about people. Now, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders have really been going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. They're at it again. They're fighting at it again. Round one. I feel like it's a never-ending saga with them. It, it's like he gets it's, Bernie gets up there. Hillary Clinton says that I am not qualified. Well, I got news for you. She is not qualified. She is bad at making decisions. I mean, mind you, this is the same guy that is, like, posting news stories about how he won over one superdelegate in Minnesota. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I've mocked the superdelegate thing. I've said it's very bad. News story out of the Hill, April 10th. Sanders gets support of Minnesota superdelegate. Just, just one. And they're doing press releases on this. Rep Nick Nolan... Rick Nick Nolan Rick Nolan said he will support the Vermont senator at the Democratic Democratic Representative Rick Nolan said he will support the Vermont senator at the Democratic National Convention in July. Nolan said he thought about the will of the Minnesota caucuses attendees and Sanders' message when deciding whom he would support at the convention. Sanders won the Minnesota caucus 
last month by a large margin over rival Hillary Clinton, 61.6% to 38.4%. This is a whole news story about one freaking delegate. Bernie Sanders goes off on superdelegates. They should support... They should support me. They should really think about the will of the people. And you're going to sing the praises of winning over just one of them. That's part of the problem, though. That's part of the problem. Just, I wouldn't even be in the system. That's why That's why I have trouble getting behind Bernie Sanders. He's, he's going to play this game that, that it's bull crap. You can curse and... and, and Go against the superdelegates all you want, but they're there. And most of them at this point are still in the corner of Hillary Clinton. Yeah, you say that they should back the people, but my whole question is if they don't. I've asked this several times over. If they don't, what are you going to do about it? What are you, Bernie Sanders supporters, what are you, Bernie Sanders, what are you people going to do about it? You're just going to lie over and take it? Because you can't let that happen. That's them hijacking your democratic process. Same thing with the Republican Party. If Trump has the most delegates, and they try to broker a convention and and do all this bullcrap, that's them hijacking the democratic process. I actually, Glenn Beck covered this last week, and I I totally 100% disagreed with him. He said, well, if it goes to a brokered convention, that's that's in the rule book. If Trump doesn't get, you know, 12, whatever the whatever the delegate can is. Give me a second here. Uh, 1,237 needed for nomination. Trump sits at 743 right now. Cruz is at 545. And Kasich is still in this damn race. He can't even win. Kasich has 143. There's only 854 delegates still available. So Kasich is in... I don't know what the angle with Kasich still being in this race is. Because he can't win. It's now mathematically impossible for him to win. Cruz still is in that range that if if Trump somehow falters and stumbles and falls, Cruz could catch up and surpass him. But that's a big question. That's a big question of if. But Kasich can't. So Kasich is hanging around to suck up votes, and I want to know who's behind Kasich right now. Is it Trump behind Kasich? Is Trump telling Kasich have struck up some kind of a deal with John Kasich to stay in here to suck up the the few suckers that still back him to to steal votes away from Cruz so Cruz can't secure the nomination? There's actually there's some really interesting conspiracy theories going on out there right now. Uh, one of which is that Trump is in place by the Clintons anyway, just to wreck the whole system and give it to Hillary. One of the that's actually one of the conspiracy theories that isn't too crazy in my mind. It's actually very conceivable in my mind. And you know what's funny in all this too is that Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders have some common ground there. Because Donald Trump's now saying, well, they keep threatening a brokered convention when I'm getting all the votes and I'm getting all the delegates. That seems undemocratic. And Bernie Sanders is saying, I'm winning over all these caucuses, all these primaries, but superdelegates are stifling me. It's it's hard. I just read, and I hope Miss Mary Jane doesn't mind me stealing her Facebook status. I just read, uh, she's my high school, former high school teacher, 
Love her to death. She posted on her Facebook that it's becoming difficult to say every vote matters when you hear about this complicated process. Every state, every party, the federal government all have different rules. You know, reform is essential to this. Absolutely. I cut down. It was like a paragraph. I cut it down. Okay. Okay. I cut it down. Sorry. I condense things sometimes. This whole process is getting very hairy. And I'm almost done. I'm almost done compiling the episode that I'm going to do. It's going to be within the next month or so. It's just going to be on the election process. Delegates. How this all works. And how ridiculous it is to say that this is the land of the free. Because when you start boiling things down, it's hard not to get pissed off at what's going on. And people like me, people like libertarians, people that want more essential freedom, they get pissed over because of this. I'm sorry. I don't mean to get super emotional, but that's what that's what's going to happen as this program continues. I get more and more comfortable sitting in front of the microphone. I get a little more crafted. I get a little more scripted. I get a little more flow going. And then when I get on the topics that really matter to me, I, I, you know, I draw from, from the heart. I draw from exactly how I feel on it and how I feel about this democratic process. And I don't know why it's taken this long to get this enlightened about it. Maybe it's just because status quo play. Status quo has to go. Uh, does that sound like something that should be on a bumper sticker? Status quo has got to go. Status quo has got to go. If anybody starts shouting status quo has got to go, you better say that's uh, trademarked by FritzCast. You better send him the goddamn check. Now, all this brings me to uh, the North Carolina law, the uh, the transgender North Carolina law. I don't even know what it's actually called. I didn't take a lot of interest in this, and it's not anything to do with not caring about, quote, equal rights, unquote. I just read a, a thing on the Hill. It was John Kasich, believe it or not. Uh, I believe he's, believe he's a candidate for the Republican nomination for president. I don't know, something about how he has no shot in hell and can't get all the delegates, like the math. Something about the math, and he shouldn't really be in the race. But, despite that, John Kasich said he would not have signed this law. Uh, He would not have signed this bill into law. Lots of things are going around with this North Carolina thing. For instance, uh, um, the most patriotic man on the face of the planet, uh, Bruce Springsteen, who sang, uh, of course, Born in the USA, which is, of course, the most patriotic song ever written. Ever. I hope people can sense the sarcasm here. Because I don't even have to... If I have to explain it, that's sad. So people like Bruce Springsteen, he just uh, boycotted doing a concert there. There's several businesses that are getting ready to cut headquarters or whatever, pull out of North Carolina over this law. Uh, the law in question is a law that's that states that transgender people have to use the bathrooms that match their birth gender. Not what... Really? Is that how deep this... Hold on. Hold on. I must read further. Okay, just did a lot of reading here. Uh, last The last article I read is NPR, um, and I'm tired of reading about this. Let's put it this way. 
this is this to me is an, is a pure example of the government having to write so many sub laws that it's just ridiculous. They wrote a law that says transgender people have to use their birth gender. They have to use the bathroom of their birth gender, meaning if they even went through the transition and have have, have had the surgery and, and are a different gender now, quote unquote, that they still have to use, like if they're a woman now, they still have to use the men's bathroom because that's their birth gender. That's a bit ridiculous, all right? I don't talk about this a lot because there's a lot I don't understand about it. Maybe I don't want to understand it. I don't think I should have to want to understand it. I think I should be able to say, if that's their thing, as long as they're not doing illegal things, as long as they're not bothering me, what's the issue? Why do we have these sub-laws that say, like, transgender people have to use this bathroom or that bathroom? If you were a guy that is transitioning into a woman, and you look like a woman, and you act like a woman and you waltz into the women's bathroom and go to the bathroom, is anybody really going to know or question it? I could understand if you're a man and you don't look like a woman, and you go in there and you're acting like a dude, and I get I get the angles of you know sexual predators and all that. That all just happens anyway. If a sexual predator wants to waltz into a bathroom, I mean, now he has more of a, quote, excuse, but... At the same token, we're still going to charge him. He's still going to go to jail. That's that's what I don't understand. And you're still going to have the right to self-defend, you know, to defend yourself. That 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 is as long as, you know, get rid of all these sub-laws, these sub-regulations. Why are the laws going to this scale of things is what's boggling my mind. So you have this bill, and, and this is kind of, this is, this is kind of the ridiculous part. But... If we want to alleviate this, I suppose make three bathrooms. Make the men's room, the woman's room, and then the, uh, I don't know, room. And I'm not saying that to be disrespectful to people, but I'm saying, you know, maybe maybe that's what it comes down to. Maybe it comes down to, if you prefer, if you don't care, here. Here's a transgendered bathroom that you can use. But, again, I don't see why why this became a law. And as far as like people like Bruce Springsteen boycotting, companies boycotting, that's, that's, that's free market in the works right there. That's how things are supposed to work. It's not supposed to be the government strong-arm somebody into doing it. It's the people strong-arm people to do into it. The people could say, well, we don't agree with this North Carolina law. We don't think government should be in this business, and therefore they take it away from North Carolina. Now, mind you, all you people praising that out there talking about how government assistance needs to be spread around and all that you're you're saying oh well we'll pull out of there yeah people are going to fall and crumble and and feel it economically and and some of those people are going to be innocent of what's going on that that's how the free market works that's how that's how this this whole idea works this was actually this was in the libertarian debate in a different way Uh, i believe it was austin peterson called out gary johnson and said hey um, if a baker doesn't want to bake a gay couple's wedding cake, should they be forced to do it? The answer across the board for everybody should be, no, they can't be forced to do it. Austin Peterson had a great quote. It was something that uh, it was something like, the government can't stamp out bigotry. 
Now, people will argue and say, well, that doesn't mean we try to. I don't believe the government can stamp out bigotry. If a bakery, for example, won't serve gays, and you disagree with that and the bakery doing that, you don't give the bakery your business. The more people that don't give the bakery business, that bakery will, will fail. That means that somebody's going to be out of a job, but he's a bigot. Why do you care if he has money or not? That's that's what it is at the end of the day. You can't you can't force people to be nice through these laws and then take care of them at that level of their failures because of their own choices. At least that's the way that I see it. Austin Peterson brought that up and then his his counter to Gary Johnson cuz Gary Johnson said, "Yeah, I think when we go into territories of discriminate against religion, it's a black hole." And we shouldn't be doing that. And Austin Peterson said, okay, so um, it's a Jewish bakery and and it's 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 a Nazi coming in wanting a, a cake. Should the Jewish baker have to bake the cake for the Nazi? And Gary Johnson said, yes. Well, <laughs> does anybody really agree with that? Does anybody say that the, the bakery, the Jewish baker, should have to make the cake for the Nazi? And it all boils down to this, too. It all boils down to business sense. If I owned a business, I don't care if you if you come in and you're a gay couple. I might not agree with gay marriage, but I'll still make the freaking cake because you're going to pay me to do it. So when do you let the free market run and do its thing? When does the government step in? It's just take a step back and start thinking a little bit deeper about things. That's why I, that's why I like Austin Peterson. That's why I like the Libertarian Party. It's made me think about things a little tiny bit differently. So I've raffled on for about 40 minutes now on a, a host of topics. Hope I kept it light and refreshing for y'all. I, I really do. I'm going to cut it short, though, but just because of my throat, just because of my sickness, you know, getting down with the sickness, um, yeah, I can't, uh, <coughs> been avoiding coughing this whole time, and there I cough. Uh, I think, I think, uh, I think this is good for this week, so... Enjoy your week. Catch that libertarian debate. Start thinking about things from different angles. And next week, things are going to get a little interesting here on the FritzCast. Thanks for tuning in. Like, share. Uh, send your comments, guys. Uh, any suggestions. Anything you want to hear me talk about. Any angles you want me to uncover. Send me articles. Send me news stories. I, I love pouring through that stuff. It uh, It enlightens me. In a way. Sometimes. Not all the time. 